0: Let's pray over the word this morning. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, uh, Lord, for the great joy that we have in Jesus, for the great joy that we have celebrating his coming to the earth. And Father, we thank you today as we look at, at the scriptures, as we look at your plan and what you did in sending Jesus and what he came to do. I pray, Father, that our hearts would be opened. I pray that you give to each one of us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. That, that, that these truths wouldn't just be little sentimental stories and little sentimental ideas, but we would, we would understand and, and receive and walk in the powerful truths of our redemption and our salvation. We thank you for it today, in Jesus' name. And everyone that agreed said, Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Go with me to John chapter 1 this morning. John chapter 1 verse 14 The scripture says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. Verse 16, and of his fullness, we have all received and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. And of course, here we are at, at, at Christmas time. We're celebrating the birth of Jesus. Uh, and we know that Jesus is God. We know that He ex- has existed with the Father from the beginning. You know, Micah prophesied His goings forth are from everlasting. And so when we talk about celebrating His birth, we're really celebrating when He came to the earth. He's existed in the beginning with the Father. He is God. But when we, we're talking about His birth, we're talking about the fact that He came to the earth in the form of man, in the person. God came to earth in the form of man, in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. But what did He actually come to do? Uh, you know when we when we talk about the birth of Jesus, and we again as we as we talk about the the wonder of it, is it just as again is it just the sentimental ideas of of a baby in a manger and the shepherds and the angels and glory to God in the highest? Is it just the sentimental idea of that that is supposed to move us and change our lives, or? Is it something more? I, well, I believe and I believe the scripture says it, it's something much more than that. It's not, just a, it's not just a sentimental traditional idea that we celebrate and that we, a custom that we practice, but it's something much greater and much more. So, so I want us to look at uh, a little bit deeper what Jesus came to do. What did he really come to do? Number one, Jesus came to reveal the true nature and character of God. Jesus came to reveal the true nature and the true character of God. John 1 verse 18 says no one and we read again we just read it but I want to read it again, no one has seen God at any time, the only begotten son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. The New Living Translation says it this way, No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son is Himself God, and is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. So Jesus came, number one, to reveal the true nature and the true character of God. Of course, God had revealed Himself in a measure in the Old Testament, right? Right? He revealed Himself through the prophets. He revealed Himself through Moses and through the giving of the law and through the Old Testament prophets. Yes, He would revealed Himself in a measure, but he's revealed Himself fully in Jesus Christ. The book of Hebrews begins by saying this. It says, And God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke to our fathers through the prophets, in these last days He has spoken to us By and in His Son. And it goes on to say that Jesus is the exact representation of the divine nature. He is God. He he came to reveal the true character, the true nature of God. And, And in His words and in His teachings and in His actions, He revealed the true nature of God, the true character of God. He revealed that, yes, God is holy... And God is righteous. And at the same time, He revealed that God is merciful and forgiving. He revealed a God who has compassion on His people and wants to deliver them from their suffering. That's the God that Jesus revealed to us. Amen? He revealed a God who is, who is not only God, but His Father and Friend. He revealed a God who does miracles, not to prove that He's God, but in order to provide for and to heal His people. Amen. And all who come to Him, in fact. And He revealed a God who receives all who come to Him in repentance and faith. That's who Jesus came to reveal. He came to reveal the true nature, the true character, the true heart of God. Amen. And then number two, Jesus came to do the will of the Father. In John chapter 6 and verse 38, he says this, he says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So everything that Jesus did was an expression of the will of the Father, an expression of the will of God. Everything that he did, he said, I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. That's why we can confidently affirm that healing is the will of God. Why? Because when we see Jesus, we, we never see Jesus turning anyone away who came to Him for healing. When People that came to Him for healing, Jesus never said, I'm sorry, but it's not the Father's will that you be healed, so I can't heal you. I've only come to do the will of the Father. And He says no for you. You'll never find Him saying that. He always healed all who came to him. Hallelujah. And if there were those who had questions, he made it clear. He said, I will. The leper came to him and said, Lord, I know that you can make me clean, but I'm not sure if you're willing. And Jesus said very very affirmatively, I will be cleansed. I will be made whole. The centurion came and said, my, son, my, my servant is lying uh, at, at the point of death. He's lying, he's he's very sick. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Over and over and over. Multitudes came to him. The Bible says he healed them all. There was not even one out of that entire multitude that was an exception, that it wasn't God's will to heal. He healed all who came. That's why we can pray with faith. That's why we can pray with confidence knowing that healing is the will of God for each and every one of us. Jesus came to reveal the will of God the Father and Peter talks about what Jesus came to do in Acts 10, 38. It says, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. I'm not, that's not in our list today. But uh, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with, and with power and He went about doing good and healing who? All that were oppressed by the devil. Hallelujah. Amen. So everything that Jesus did was an expression of the will of God. We see Jesus extending mercy to, those, to, to sinners who had repented. I, I, I think about the woman. The Bible says that she was caught in adultery and she was thrown down in front of Jesus by the Pharisees. And, and, and they, they did it to test him. They said, okay, we're going to... Because he had a reputation for showing mercy. He had a reputation for extending compassion. They were, they were wanting to enforce the law on this woman. And they said the, the law commands that she be stoned. What do you say? They were trying to, trying to trap him. If, if they got him to disagree with the law, then, they had, then they, that gave them ground that they needed to get rid of Jesus, to kill Jesus. Well, he's violating the law. He's teaching people to violate the law. And, and said the law commands that she be stoned. I always wondered where the guy was. They just brought the woman there, and so she's there. And 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 and, and, he's, and Jesus said, "Okay, we'll we'll do it this way. Whoever without you, whoever among you is without sin, then you throw the first stone." And of course, the Bible says they were convicted because they knew that they were not without sin themselves. And they went away. And Jesus looked at the woman. And he said, "Woman, where are your accusers? Does anyone accuse you or condemn you?" And he's and, and she said, "No one, Lord." He said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Hallelujah. He extended compassion. He was revealing the will of God. When we come to God in repentance, then God is willing to forgive us and restore us. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank God. Everything He did was an expression of the will of God. And then number three, Jesus did come to save us from our sins. Matthew chapter 1 verse 20 This is talking about Joseph, (coughs) when Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant, and he did not yet know what had transpired supernaturally. Uh, He was going to divorce her or break the engagement or the betrothal. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to 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 take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Verse 21 now, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Jesus is the Hebrew Yeshua, and it means Savior. Savior. For he will save his people from their sins. He will save his people from their sins. That's why he came. Jesus came to the earth to save us from our sins. His blood, when we apply it, to our hearts and to our lives by faith. It washes away our sin. It breaks the hold and the power of sin over our lives. And His Spirit in us and His grace working in us gives us the power to say no to sin and to walk in righteousness. Amen? In John 3, 17, it says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Hallelujah. Amen. Saved from our sin. So Jesus came not to condemn us, but neither did he come to condone sin, did he? Amen. But to save us out of our sins. Amen. See the wages of sin, whether whether you acknowledge something is sin or not, it still is. You know, if you if you deny that the sky is blue and the grass is green, if you want to call it something else, that doesn't change the fact. If you may you may say I don't believe in the law of gravity, but you step off uh, someplace, you're going to go down, aren't you? Right? Gravity's still at work, and the and and the law of sin and death is still at work. The wages of sin is still death. All right. And if you love someone. Like God loves us, like Jesus loved us, you don't just stand back and watch them inflict death on themselves. Amen. You intervene. And Jesus intervened. He knew that we were all he saw. God saw that we were all intervene or we were all inflicting death on ourselves because of sin. And he said, "I'm going to come and save them from their sins." That's why I came. Praise God. He came to save us from our sin. Amen. Amen. Romans 5:10 in the Amplified Bible says this: For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, it is much more certain that now now that we are reconciled that we shall be saved. Look at this now. Daily delivered from sin's dominion. That's what saved means. That's what saved means. Saved means that I'm daily delivered from sin's dominion through His resurrection life. Amen? Praise God. Now, let's go to the book of Luke. And I want to, uh, I want to uh, bring, bring our last three points in here from, from the prophecy of uh, Zacharias. You remember, you know, Zacharias who was, became the father of John the Baptist. We talked about him a little bit last week. He and his wife. He was. He was a, a, one of the in the the priest and and uh, he uh, and his wife Elizabeth were barren. They couldn't have children. They never had any children. They were advanced in age. The Bible says and and uh, he went into the temple at his appointed time to burn incense and an angel appeared to him, told him that Elizabeth was going to have a baby and he said, I don't know if I believe that. You know, we didn't we didn't present him in a bad light last week. There's a lot of good things about Zacharias, but he said, "I don't know if I believe that." And so the angel said, "Okay, uh, I see. we're going to have to press your mute button." <laughs> and so and I wonder why they did that. Now, you know, my 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 idea uh, is that they had to do that so his so his doubt and unbelief would not undo the plan of God. Right. Amen. Oh so they had to, you know. It's, God would be doing some of us a favor if he pressed our mute button for a while, but that's another message for another day. But Zacharias uh, but, but Zacharias got straightened out. There's help for you and your unbelief, amen. <laughs> he got straightened out, and uh, so he was mute until after John was born, and the moment he was born, you know, the, all the neighbor, the family, and the relatives had gathered and said, well, what are, they gonna, what are you going to name him in? And Elizabeth said, well, you know, we're going to name him John. And they said, oh, we can, John, there's nobody in your family named that. Let's ask Zacharias what he says. And so, they, so he still couldn't talk, so they give him you know, something to write with. And, and, he, and he writes out, his name is John. The Bible says the moment that he wrote that, his tongue was loosed. And when his tongue was loosed, I'm telling you, he had something to say. He began to prophesy. He began to speak by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and part of what he says is right here in verse 74. He's prophesying about, about what's going to happen with John the ba- with his son John, this baby that's, that's just been born, his son John, and what he's going to grow up to do, and who he's going to pave the way for, and who he's going to introduce on the scene. And here's what he says in verse 74, the, 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 the result of God's plan being fulfilled. To grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. In other words, he's saying as John as a, or, or as a result of what this child's going to do and who's going to come after him, the one coming after him, the Messiah is going to do this. He's going to deliver us from the hand of our enemies so that we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Amen. So let's break that down. What, so that's part of this is all part of what Jesus came to do. Amen. Jesus came to reveal the true nature and character of God. Jesus came to do the will of God. Jesus came to save us from our sins. And now number four, Jesus came to deliver us from the hand of the enemy. Hallelujah. As Zechariah says, from the hand of our our enemies here in this prophecy. Uh, But uh, Jesus revealed also when he came that our real enemy... It's Satan. Amen? Like like the, the uh, Christmas carol, God rest ye Mary gentlemen. There's a line in there that I love. To save us all from Satan's power when we had gone astray. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Colossians 1, Paul writes about that. In Colossians 1, 13 and 14 in the New Living Translation, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Now again, look at this. This is past tense, you see. He has rescued us. This is not one day when you die and go to heaven. This is right now. Right now. He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us. Amen. Past tense has already been done. And transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son who purchased our freedom, verse 14, and forgave our sins. Amen. The God's Word translation reads it this way. God has rescued us from the power of darkness and has brought us into the kingdom of His Son whom He loves. His Son paid the price to free us, which means that our sins are forgiven. We're free from Satan's dominion now. That's what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to free us from Satan's dominion. Satan brought sin. Satan brought sickness. Satan brought poverty. And Satan brought death into the world. All that came into the world when Satan, when the devil, became the god of this world. He brought in sin. He brought in sickness, poverty, and death. But thank God, Jesus came to deliver and has delivered us out from under that dominion. Hallelujah. Amen. Because our sins are forgiven. Notice it says there in verse 14, he purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. And, and the, put God's word up, verse 14, there we go. His son paid the price to free us, which means that our sins are forgiven. Well, that price to free us, forgiving us of our sins, doesn't mean just that our sins are forgiven. It also means that Satan has no dominion over him. Remember, Jesus said, he said this before he went to the cross. He said, the prince of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. And the Amplified, if you read it, it says, he has no claim on me. Well, here's what happened. When Jesus shed his blood and forgave us of our sins, it means that, that Satan no longer has any claim on us. Right. Right. And now that becomes, that becomes real in your life when you come to Jesus in repentance and faith. And when you believe on him, then Satan loses every claim that he has to bring sin, to bring sickness, to bring death, to bring poverty. He has no more claim to do that. We say, well, why does it still happen? Because people don't know what belongs to them. Amen. Satan comes in and, and lays hold of folks, and, 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 we don't, and we don't know enough to say, no, you don't. You have no claim on me. Jesus rescued me. Jesus set me free. You have no claim on me. Amen? But we know. I said, but we know. And we're not going to let him lay, lay any false claim on us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He has no right any longer to enforce the effects of sin in our lives. Thank God. That's what Jesus came to do, to free us, to rescue us from Satan's dominion. Amen. To deliver us from the hand of the enemy. Number five, that we might serve him without fear. That Jesus came so that we might be set free from the hand of the enemy, that we might serve God without fear. Hebrews 2 talks about that. In Hebrews 2 verse 14 it says, "...inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood..." he himself likewise shared in the same. What does that mean? It means that God became man. It means that he took upon himself flesh, that he, that he, that he took upon himself a human body. He had to do that. It says he himself likewise shared in the same that through death, see, if, 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 if God had not become man in the person of Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, then how could he die? He had to take upon himself a body so he could sacrifice that body. That through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Jesus came and has set us free that we might serve God without fear. That we can serve God without the fear of death. Hallelujah. Amen. We can be fearless Christians. We can live fearlessly in this world. We don't have to be afraid of what's going on in the world. Oh no, this may happen to me. Oh no, the bad economy may mess my life up. We, we We can live fearless, knowing that our Father will take care of us. Knowing that our Father will provide for us. Hallelujah. Knowing that His angels are encamped around us, We can live fearlessly. Amen. That we might serve Him without fear. Hallelujah. No fear of death. Because now, for us, as Paul said, to die is gain. To depart and be with Christ is far better. Hallelujah. Amen. And also this, no fear... Of displeasing God. Now, there's a, there's a proper fear of the Lord. Uh, one of my teachers at, in Bible college at Ramah said this. The fear of the Lord is the wholesome dread of displeasing Him. There's a wholesome dread of displeasing the Lord. But then there's an unwholesome dread, an unhealthy fear. Like, oh no, God's God's mad at me. Everything I do, everything God's mad. No, He's not. Amen. His favor is over your life. He's for you. God is for you. Amen. No fear. We can serve God without fear. Remember the, the parable that Jesus gave of of, of the talents, and uh, and this the, the master gave to one of his servants five ta- talents, to another two talents, to another one talent. Each one went out and doubled their talents, right? And uh, was it 10, 5, and 2? No? 5, 2, and 1, wasn't it? All right. Anyway, the last guy just got one talent, right? The other two went out and doubled their, their talents. And the last guy just, got the, just had the one talent. And what did he do? He took it and buried it. And, and then the master comes back and he says, okay, I want y'all to give an account for what I've given to you. And the, and the guy that had five said, you know, I've doubled it. I've got ten now. Good job. Well done. Next one, well done. The last one comes trembling to his master. And he said, here, here, here's, your, here's your talent back because I know, I know that you're a hard man. I was afraid and I hid that talent and I didn't want to lose it. I hid it, so here it is back. I'm giving it back to you now. And what did did the master say? Did he say, well done to him? Did he say, no, that's good? He said, you wicked and lazy servant. He rebuked him. He rebuked him. Why? Because he had a misconception of his master. I'm a hard man. Those other guys didn't see him that way. And that's the way some Christians are. They're afraid they're afraid to really step out. They're afraid to really serve God and, and, and really step out and use the gifts on the inside of I might make a mistake. God might be mad at me. God might not like that. That's an unhealthy, an unwholesome fear of the Lord. Jesus has set us free from that. He's not only our Master and Lord, He's our Father and He's our Friend. And He loves us. And He's for us. Hallelujah. We can serve Him without fear. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Glory to God. And we can know His love. The Bible says in 1 John that His perfect love cast out fear. Hallelujah. In 1 John, he He says there, We have known and believed the love that God has toward us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you know God loves you? And do you believe that love? Well, that'll cast out all fear so that you can serve Him without fear. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to set us free from fear so that we can be free from the fear of death. We can live fearless lives as Christians and we can serve God without fear. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And then finally this, and, and read. come on back up if you would. Finally, number six, he says, the statement he makes here in, in Luke, he says, in righteousness and holiness all our days, that we, might, that, that, that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in righteousness and holiness all our days. Hallelujah. Hebrews 10 verse 5. The new living, it says, that is why when Christ came into the world, see, that's not when he first existed. He existed with the father from the beginning. But when he came into the world, he said to God, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. Hallelujah. As we celebrate the birth of Jesus, we're celebrating the fact that God came into this earth. And God the Father gave Jesus a body through the Virgin Mary. God gave Him a body so that He could offer that body 33 years later on the cross. Amen? Amen. You did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you've given me a body to offer. The animal sacrifices and the sin offerings of the Old Testament only covered over the people's sins. They were not a full atonement. They were not a... They, they didn't take care... They didn't, they didn't accomplish anything really. They were really just pointing forward to what Jesus would do. Amen? In verse 7, Then I said, Look, I have come. This is Jesus speaking. And all this is Old Testament prophecy. It's in the book of Psalms. Look, I've come to do your will, O God, as is written about me in the Scriptures. Verse 10, For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. So Jesus came so that we could serve God in righteousness and holiness all of our days. Our sins are forgiven, all right, certainly, but we're not just forgiven sinners. It's much more than that. We've been made righteous. And we've been made holy. God's will, put that verse back up there, Kim, the last one, verse 10. God's will was for us to be made what? Holy. How? By the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. Did He do it? Once for all time. It's done. Hallelujah. We've been made holy. We've been made holy. That means, holy means that we've been set apart to God and for God and for the purposes of God. Hallelujah. God wants to use you as His vessel. Hallelujah. God wants to work through you. God wants to, as He revealed Himself through Jesus, God wants to reveal Himself through you. Hallelujah. See, because Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, we are called Christians. Hallelujah. Jesus said this in John 17, As the Father has sent me, so I send you into the world. Hallelujah. So not only did He come and and deliver us out of Satan's kingdom and save us from our sins, but He said, I'm going to set you apart as holy and you're going to be my vessels now. That's why Jesus came to do all of this for us. Hallelujah. Thank God. God wants to reveal Himself through you, reveal His will through you. Amen. That's why Jesus said, you lay hands on the sick now and they'll recover. You speak in my name. You cast out demons in my name. Hallelujah. Amen. Paul writes to Timothy about this in 2 Timothy 1 verse 9. He says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So it says He saved us, but He's also called us with a holy calling. He didn't stop at just saving us, but He called us with a holy calling. Hallelujah. And that's not according to our works. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. But He did it anyway. So we embrace it. We believe it. Glory to God. I'm saved but I'm also called with a holy calling. Amen. Amen. We can all say that. We can all, we can all affirm that. He wasn't writing just to, just to Timothy. He was writing to every believer there. He saved all of us. Everybody that's been saved has also been called with a holy calling. Amen. Amen. Right. Hallelujah. And again, holy means being set apart to God. Hallelujah. And notice it says in verse 10 now, it says, it says this was given to... Back in verse 9, I'm sorry. It says, this was given to us in Christ Jesus when? Before time, before time began. Yeah, the last part of that verse there, back, up, back where you had it there, right there. Yeah. It was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. See, God had a plan before Jesus ever was sent to the earth. Before time began, God knew what He was going to do. God looked into the future, He saw... Creation. He saw that Adam and Eve would sin. He saw that we would need a Savior. He had it all. You know, nothing took God by surprise. He never had to, to call a meeting with the angels and say, "What are we going to do now?" He had it all. Uh, doesn't that give you comfort? Doesn't that doesn't that give you peace when you when you see all the craziness in the world to know that our heavenly Father has a plan and he's not, and he's working out that plan. Yeah. Hallelujah. And we've read the back of the book, and it turns out good. We win. Righteousness prevails. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. It was given to us before time began. Verse 10, but it's now been revealed. It's now been manifested. It's now been fulfilled. How? By the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Because Jesus came, this is now a reality. It's not just a plan in the mind of God. It's a reality. It's happened. It's been accomplished. It's now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. In, in 1863, I believe it was, Abraham Lincoln issued the... Was it 63 or 65? The Emancipation Proclamation. What did that do? That abolished slavery, right? The Bible said, put the verse back up there, Kim, if you would, that Jesus has abolished death. He's abolished death. Abraham Lincoln issued a proclamation that abolished slavery. That, that automatically was every slave free when that proclamation was issued. Well, legally, yes. But in, but, in, but in practice, practicality, no. Amen? So when Jesus died on the cross and rose again, he abolished death. Legally, death has no power. Practically, that has to be accepted and received by every individual and walked out. Now again, you know, that doesn't mean we're going to, once you get saved, but it doesn't mean you're going to live forever in this body, right? Uh, we know there's other, other things that work here. But thank God we, we, are not, we are not subject to eternal death, hallelujah. And death for the believer is just to step through the veil onto the other side. There's no fear in it, amen. So he's abolished death. He's abolished the power of death. And he brought life and he brought immortality to light. How? Through the gospel. The gospel that God sent his son. Jesus came to this earth. He came to save us. From our sins, He came to rescue us and deliver us from Satan's kingdom and from the power of darkness. And He came to make us righteous and holy, that we might serve Him in righteousness and holiness all of our days. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. I like that. Let's go back. Go back to. Uh, <coughs> Uh, the first part of verse... Well, there we go. Uh, no, we got b- verse 10 again. I'm sorry. You got it all on there. That's all in one, one verse. Good. On one slide, I mean. He is, it's now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I thought about the, uh, the wonderful hymn, O Holy Night. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till He appeared. And what happened? And the soul felt... It's worth. Hallelujah. When He appeared, the soul felt its worth. When He appeared, His appearing brought this great plan into fulfillment that we are saved and that we're called with a holy calling. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're worth something. You're worth saving. God thought you were worth saving. And God thought you were worth calling with a holy calling. Hallelujah. We are His children, His sons and daughters now. And we're also His vessels now that He wants to work through. Jesus came to do all of that in His coming. Amen? Praise God. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank You. Thank You for what You came to do, Lord Jesus. Lord, we receive it. Lord, we receive it, and Lord will not leave will not leave any of it on the table will not be settled will not be satisfied, and will not settle for just having our sins forgiven. We thank you that the power of sin is broken off of our lives. We thank you that through your grace and by your spirit that we can say no to sin, that sin won't have dominion over us, nor will any of the Byproducts of sin, sickness, disease, poverty, and death. They have no dominion over us. Thank you, Jesus, you delivered us from Satan's kingdom. Satan has no claim on us anymore because our sins are forgiven. There's nothing, nothing he can grab hold to anymore. Because your blood has cleansed us and washed us. We thank you for that. We thank you, Lord. Lord that we can serve you without fear, in righteousness, with our heads held high, not in, not in fear, not as, not as unworthy worms or slaves, but as your sons and daughters join heirs with Jesus Christ in righteousness and holiness all of our days. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Farmer, well, an attitude of prayer I want to ask in here in the auditorium, and, and especially those of you that have joined us on our live stream on YouTube. Is there any here or any online? You say, Pastor, I've never I've never understood what Jesus came to do, and I've never received what he came to do. I've never accepted him as my Lord and Savior. If that's you, I want to pray for you this morning. Pastor, pray for me. I want to receive Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. I want my sins to be forgiven and washed away. And I want all that Jesus came to do. I want that in my life. I've never received Him. I've never called on Him to be my Lord and Savior. But today, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Pastor, pray for me. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. Looking all around. Pastor, pray for me. I want to make Jesus. And those of you joining us on YouTube... If that's you, I want to pray with you right now and lead you in a prayer where you can receive this salvation that Jesus came to bring to you and to bring to all mankind, to all those who would call upon his name, to all those who would believe on him. The Bible says in the book of Romans, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's for you. It's available to you. And you can call on his name right now. So I want want to pray with you right now. Those of you in the auditorium, join me here. Put your hand over your heart and and pray this prayer with me as a reaffirmation of your faith and, and, and in support of those who are praying it along with us on YouTube. Pray this after me right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. Jesus suffered in my place. Jesus took my sin so that I could be free, so that I could be forgiven, so that I could be made clean and righteous. Lord Jesus, I call on You. I believe You were raised from the dead, and You have the power right now to save me from my sins. And to deliver me from Satan's power. I call on you now. I turn from my sin. And I say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I receive you now. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you to get in touch with us here. You can go to our website, cityonahillchurch.us. And you can contact us through our website there. And I would love to hear from you. We'd love to follow up with you and support you in your new walk with God. Praise God.